The Productive Woman, Episode 312. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome and thank you for joining me. If you are new here, I am so glad you've joined us. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you'll consider subscribing to the podcast if you haven't already. This week, we're talking about what to do about that project you've been avoiding. You will find more information and links in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 312. This episode is brought to you by Woven and by ShaperMint. If you'd like to make better use of your calendar and make it work for you, check out Woven. Woven is available to you today for free to try out by going to woven.com slash podcast slash TPW. That's woven, W-O-V-E-N, woven.com slash podcast slash TPW to try Woven today for free. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about them later on in the show. But right now, I'm really happy to introduce a brand new sponsor, ShaperMint. I don't know about you, but there are times when I don't feel totally comfortable in my clothes. Like many people, I am dealing these days with uh, what I affectionately call the COVID fluff. And my body type is such that I carry any extra weight kind of around the middle. So some of my favorite clothes just don't fit right or, or look right on me. And, you know, they're a little tighter than I'd like them to be. And that is why I am so glad I've discovered shapewear from shapermint.com. This is a little bit different sponsor for me, but I'm really excited about this one. Uh, excited to introduce them to you if you haven't heard of them. Shapewear from Shapermint smooths you out, feels comfortable and helps boost your confidence because when you feel confident, you're empowered. And when you're empowered, you're able to be more productive and live that meaningful life that we all want. It's kind of embarrassing for me to admit it, but for me, when I feel like my clothes don't fit well or they're not flattering, or if I'm physically uncomfortable because things just fit too tightly and or are, you know, riding up or whatever, well, I feel self-conscious and that makes it harder for me to concentrate on what I'm doing, just kind of harder to put my best self forward. But when I fit comfortably in what I'm wearing, then I can just quit thinking about my clothes and just, you know, take care of business more easily. Well, I can easily find the perfect shapewear for my body because shapermint.com has all the best products and brands, and they have all sorts of shapewear to wear. They have tanks, shorts, bodysuits, leggings, and more. Shapewear for every occasion. Shapewear from Shapermint just kind of gives me a more polished look and long-lasting comfort no matter what I'm wearing. So far, I've tried a couple of items from their Impetua line, which is, I think, their in-house line. They carry the other stuff as well, but this is what I've tried. They have a high-waisted shaper short that is great under a dress or pants to smooth things out and make clothes fit better. But what I'm really liking is their at-waist shaping leggings. 
I wear them around the house. Uh, I love them like under a long shirt or a long tunic just for everyday wear. They are so comfortable, even in our North Texas heat. And best of all, what I've found is the waist doesn't roll down like the other well-known brand that I've used in the past. And unlike leading brands, shapewear from Shaper Mint is super affordable. In fact, it's around half the price of what you might pay for some of the other leading brands. And if you are not in love with your shapewear purchase, you can exchange or return it within 60 days, no questions asked. That's the Shaper Mint 100% confidence guarantee. And right now, in addition to their everyday discounts and promos that Shaper Mint has on their website, they are offering a deal just for the Productive Woman listeners that will save you an extra 10% on your order. To get that, you need to go to shapermint.com TPW and use my code TPW. That's shapermint, S-H-A-P-E-R-M-I-N-T, shapermint.com TPW and the code TPW to get the exclusive Productive Woman listener added discount of an extra 10% on your order. Shapermint.com slash TPW code TPW. I hope you'll give them a try if you're in the market for some shaperware and let me know what you think. All right, let's get into our topic today. This is something that's been on my mind for a lot of reasons. Many of us have projects that we need or want to undertake, but we haven't been doing anything about. It might be a work project, you know, that big report we need to write or a new system that needs to be implemented or, you know, anything like that. Or it might be a personal project, such as getting our taxes done or organizing the family photos or reorganizing that closet, you know, the one, or writing a book. And we procrastinate for many reasons. And we've talked about this in the past. So I'll try to put some links in the show notes for some of the episodes where we've talked about procrastination. For instance, episode 246, we talked about 11 time wasters to eliminate, and one of those is procrastination. On another front, though, it's a a common thing and always has been to have plans, dreams, goals, you know, whatever, that we never take action on. As I was doing research, I found that it has been around so long, this kind of dilemma, that according to writer Madeline Dorr, philosophers, and I'm quoting her here, philosophers such as Plato and Socrates developed and debated a term for it, acrasia, A-K-R-A-S-I-A. I I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I'm going to say acrasia, which in part, she says, describes the experience of not following through on what you set out to do. Aristotle suggested two different types of acrasia, and I'm still quoting from this article that uh, Madeline Dorr wrote. So Aristotle suggested two different varieties of acrasia, the first occurring when we're distracted by pleasure, you know, like TV binges, and the second stemming from a lack of self-accountability. This article was really good, and there will be a link to it in the show notes. If this is something you're struggling with, if you've got, you know, this dream you've had or a project that you've been putting off forever, I encourage you to check out her article. In the article, Ms. Dorr points out that acrasia is not the same as procrastination. 
They're two different things. So we started out talking about those, you know, those things we need to do that keep getting put off and put off. That's procrastination. On the other hand, we've got these, you know, dreams or long-term goals, things we've thought about for, you know, long time and not done anything about. And that's not necessarily just procrastination. It's the, the lack of follow-through, that acrasia. As Ms. Dorr puts it in her article, procrastination is the act of delaying something until eventually deciding to do it, albeit at the last minute, whereas acrasia is a deeper feeling that you should do something without necessarily deciding to do it. I just thought that was interesting. It was something I hadn't heard about before until I started researching this topic. You know, but whether it's procrastination on a discrete project or a crazy with respect to a long deferred dream, there are steps we can take to get past it, get started and get it done. And that's what I wanted to talk about in this episode. And I've got a couple of things personally that I've talked about, dreamed about, thought about, planned for, and not ever actually taken the step to get going. And so that that's really what kind of inspired me to look into this. So how do we get started? That's the question for this episode, for that project you've been avoiding, whether it's procrastination or this acrasia, but I'm mostly thinking about these kind of long-term things. Either way, how do we get started and how do we keep going so that we can get it done? Well, I think the first step is to figure out what it is that's holding you back. And it could be any number of things. There are lots of reasons why we put off doing things or we never, you know, never take that first step or, you know, we get stalled. And so think about it first and be honest with yourself. This is where we really have to think about why, you know, I've thought about this thing forever. It's something I've dreamed of doing, whether it's launching a business or writing a book or, you know, taking up painting, what, whatever it might be, pursuing a new job, a new career. Why am I not doing it? And have this honest conversation with yourself. It could be any number of things. It could be for a lot of us, it's a fear of failure. Uh, maybe a lack of confidence in our ability to actually do it. And it's easier to, I've said this so often about my, my dream of writing fiction if I never try, then there's always the possibility out there that I could have done it. But if I try and fail, then that dream is dead, right? I don't think I'm the only one that struggles with this. So maybe that's what's holding you back. Maybe you're just overwhelmed. Maybe, you know, some of the projects that we we have in mind are overwhelming. And again, this is whether it's a kind of a short-term work project or personal project or one of these big dreams that we have, it's just overwhelming. It seems impossible to achieve because there's so much to it. Maybe we're not sure where to start. And so we get kind of stalled because we're looking at this big thing and don't know what, you know, what do I do first? How do I get going? Sometimes what's holding us back is Uh, We feel like our days are too full. Our days and our weeks and our months and time goes by because our, our days are full of other activities, other commitments, other obligations, other whatever. And so we just never quite find the time to do it. Sometimes what's holding us back is we don't really want to do it. 
you know, this is less for a dream thing and more of, you know, a big project for work or at home that we're procrastinating on. And if we're honest with ourselves, we don't really want to do it. And so then you got to ask yourself, what if you have to, what if it's something you have to do? It's a big project for work or for your, you know, your business and it has to get done and you're the one who has to do it. What are you going to do then? But the other question to ask yourself, if what's holding you back is truly not that you're just afraid of failing or whatever, but you just really don't want to do it, then the question to ask yourself is, well, what if you don't have to do it? What if it doesn't really have to be done? Okay. And if you've gone a long period of time without doing it, maybe it doesn't have to be done. Who says it has to be done? Obviously, if your boss is telling you it has to be done, then it falls in that first category. But, you know, honestly, if you don't really want to do it, can you just let it go? Or what if you don't have to do it? What if it's something that needs to be done, but you can hire help or delegate in some way to somebody else? So, you know, those are just some of the things that might be holding us back from getting started on that project we've been avoiding. So, if we can identify what it is in our specific case that's holding us back, then the next step is to brainstorm solutions to that specific kind of holdback, whatever it is. This is a place I think where often an accountability partner or a business buddy can help you out, or even a coach if it's something really big and significant. If you've kind of identified what's holding you back and you're stumped as to solutions of how to get past that, then maybe find uh, someone else that you know, that whether it's in a personal project or a business project, someone that kind of fits in a category of uh, maybe they're in the same boat and you can sit down together and brainstorm solutions for each other. Sometimes it's easier to, to see a solution for somebody else than it is for yourself. And so having an accountability partner, a business buddy can help. Or like I said, a, a business coach or a life coach or whatever, someone who can sit down and look at it with a little less inv emotional involvement and really help you brainstorm solutions. And the important thing about brainstorming is to resist the urge to reject ideas as they come in. Just throw out everything, no matter how crazy it might be, get it on paper, and then you can evaluate later whether it's something that could be done. And so, for instance, if you've decided what's holding you back is a fear of failure, there are things you can do to overcome that. So some of the things that I thought about, both just thinking about it and then in, in doing some research about how you get past this, the first thing you can do to get past that fear of failure is to give yourself permission to fail. One writer said, assuming your life and livelihood aren't on the line, failing is rarely as dramatic as we fear. You know, we don't like to fail. I certainly don't like to fail. I take it personally when I do poorly at something or when I undertake something and fail. And I suspect if you're listening to a podcast like this one, you're, you're kind of like me. You don't like that. But if we can give ourselves permission to fail, to try and know that it might not work, and then we'll just try something else. I don't remember who it is that, that has said, lots of people, I guess, have said, you've never really failed until you stop trying. So first step, I think, though, is 
giving yourself permission to fail. It's not a reflection on your character or your value as a human being. Anybody who tries things, who's willing to take a step toward their dream is going to, you know, going to hit some roadblocks, is going to fail sometimes. But then turn your thought to this. I think this is so helpful to me when I'm considering doing something new and worried about failing at it. And that's to remind yourself of your past successes, regardless of whether they're similar, but make a list of your accomplishments of those times in your past when you did something big or small that you didn't think you could do. And, you know, just bring that to mind. Remember that you are capable of succeeding. You are capable of doing things, of accomplishing things, of achieving things that you set out to achieve. Just look back over your life and identify what those are. For me, it might be something as simple as, you know what, I gave birth to five children and, you know, without, without drugs. I did that. I endured something that I didn't think I could. And I had reasons why I did it, that I'm not passing judgment on someone who has drugs, but for me, that was an accomplishment. Another one is there was a time in our past when our two oldest children were very young. Uh, We only had the two at the time. And my husband, Mike was traveling in another part of the world playing music And we were supposed to wait for him to come back from that tour to move across country to our new location. And I decided not to wait because I wanted him to be able to come home from that trip and relax and enjoy Christmas in our new home. And so I packed up, I got friends to help me pack up a moving van that I rented. And I drove that moving truck with two small children and towing our car behind it from Washington state to Oklahoma by myself. It was interesting, but it's an accomplishment. It's something that reminds me that I can do hard things and succeed at what I set out to do. And I encourage you to do the same thing. If what's holding you back from that project you've been avoiding is a fear of failure, a fear that you can't do it, then take the time to sit down with a cup of tea or, you know, coffee, whatever you enjoy And look back over your life and remind yourself of those big and small things that you've done that you didn't think you could do, those places that you succeeded. If you graduated from college, you know, had to struggle to do that, whatever it might be in your past. The third thing would be to imagine what success would look like. So sit down, Picture this thing that you want to do, this project, whether it's a work thing, a personal thing, a long deferred dream, whatever it might be, and really visualize in your mind what success would look like for you. If everything came together exactly as it needed to be and you succeeded in doing this, whatever this thing is, what would that look like? Visualization is a really powerful tool. And I've known this, I've read about this for years. And when I went looking at it, I found all sorts of studies about this. One article I read called Seeing is Believing, The Power of Visualization. Really a good article. This is what it said. Brain studies now reveal that thoughts produce the same mental instructions as actions mental imagery impacts many cognitive processes in the brain, such as motor control, attention, perception, planning, and memory. So the brain is getting trained for actual performance during visualization. 
it's been found, this article says, that mental practices can enhance motivation, increase confidence and self-efficacy, improve motor performance, prime your brain for success, and increase states of flow, all relevant to achieving your best life. So again, think about what success would look like in this project, this goal, this dream, and imagine every step of the way of getting there. Imagine celebrating the success because the science is that visualizing it, you know, with as much detail as you can muster helps prime your brain for success. Neuropsychologist, Dr. Amy Palmer puts it this way, simply put, the brain has the same activity when it visualizes doing an action as it does when it is physically performing the action. This is from her article called The Neuroscience of Visualization. And this is another really good one that I will link in the show notes and I encourage you to read because uh, there's so much there and I didn't want to just read the whole article to you. But I wanted to share uh, that Dr. Palmer in her article gives uh, some tips for making visualization work best for you. She says, be specific, make your visualization as real as possible. And she goes on to say, make it an example she gives. If you want a new kitchen, visualize every detail from the brand of appliances to the shape and color of the cabinet drawer handles. And don't forget to incorporate your five senses. How does the marble countertop feel to the touch? What do cookies baking in the oven smell like, etc." be very, very specific. Then she says, number two is to be emotional. And she talks about how gratitude allows more wonderful things to come into our life that we can appreciate. And by adding, she says, by adding emotion to our visualization, we tap into our brain's limbic system, making our visualization even more powerful. So again, be specific, be emotional. And she says, be frequent she recommends visualization at least twice a day. So if, again, if your fear of failure is holding you back from getting started on that project you've been avoiding, try visualization and be specific, be emotional, be frequent. Imagine every detail of what success would look like. So those are some thoughts there. If overwhelm is what's holding you back, then, you know, the, find a new way to look at it is the suggestion that I have. Instead of looking at the whole big project, break it down into phases and step in closer and look at just the beginning. What, forget the rest of it. Forget the whole, you know, 900 mile journey. What's the first step? Get clear on that and just focus on that. The rest will follow, but bring down the overwhelm by looking at it in a different way, looking at the smaller pieces, the smaller phases of it, and just focusing on those one at a time. If you're not sure where to start, you know, the answer there, I think, is to figure it out. F find a place to start. Instead of looking for the perfect starting point, just do something, anything. Accomplishing something small will start that momentum that can keep you going. And I think, I know 
I have experienced this where I've got something I need to do and I just, I don't even know where to start, whether it's a document I need to draft for work or something, you know, something I'm doing for the productive woman or a podcast episode or certain other big projects. And it's, you know, when we moved into our house and trying to get things sorted out and put where they belong, you don't know where to start. And I get paralyzed thinking there has to be a perfect place to start. And there isn't. So if that's holding you back, just do anything, do one small thing, no matter what it is. Sometimes it's easier to start in the middle or do the last thing. So for instance, if you want to write a novel, maybe you've got a clear vision of how you want it to end. Write that first, write the ending, and that gives you a target to work toward. Uh, One writer suggests making your plan more detailed. If you're not sure where to start, you can help yourself out by getting more detailed in your plan by starting with the end goal and work backwards. So if you know what the final product or the final result needs to be, what would be the last step before that? And then what comes before that one and before that and work backwards to the beginning that will help you get started. If what's holding you back is that your days are too full and you're just, you never seem to find the time to take action on this project, whatever it might be. I, the first step there, and, and I, I don't want you to feel like I'm dismissing the challenge of full days, but the first step to getting past that obstacle is just to decide that this thing is important enough to make time for it. Nobody's going to give us time. We all only have 24 hours in a day, no matter who we are. And if we are not pursuing something that's important to us, either because it's required by our profession, you know, by our job, or because it's important to us personally, what we're saying is other things are more important. If this is what's holding us back, we have decided by default, that other things are more important than this thing. One writer said, if you find yourself putting off projects that are important to you because you just don't have time, you probably aren't facing the facts about your schedule. Sit down and figure out what you can eliminate and what can wait until your project is done. Just put on the back burner the tasks that legitimately belong there, not the things that are important to you right now. Until, and I love this, this, this kind of spoke to me, this writer says, until you've committed the time to get started on your project, you haven't really committed to the project itself. So, you know, if we have a project, whether it's a work project, a personal project, a dream, whatever it is, until we have carved out the time and made a commitment to ourselves to devote that time to this we're not really committed to that project. So evaluate what you're spending time on. Maybe if you're feeling frustrated, you, your answer for why what's keeping you from this project you've been avoiding is that your days are too full. You've got, you're just go, go, go. You got too many things to do. Maybe you want to do, uh, this would be a great time to do a, a, a time log for, a few days or even a week where you just sit down and keep track of what you do all day long. 
you know, where you're spending your time, write it down. I have a time log form that I think is available on the resources page of the website. I'll double check and make sure it's available. And we'll put a link in the show notes for this episode. It's just, you can download it, print it out. It's just kind of a, a grid for a week with the hours down the side. And you can fill in a note or two about what you were doing each hour or so of the day. And look at that real honestly and see how you're actually spending your time and then choose one thing that you've been spending time on to defer for now to make space for this new project. And the other thing you can do when your days are very full is to be willing to spend just 10 to 15 minutes a day on whatever this project is. Because we, you know, we think, and I know I'm this way, I think, oh, I need, you know, two hours to just devote to this. Sometimes we can't get two hours because we've got other things going on. But we can make a lot of progress in just 10 to 15 minutes a day if we are consistent. How many times have we talked about that in past episodes that, Small actions taken consistently will get you where you want to go. And so those are some things we can do to get past that oh, an over full schedule. Choose just one thing that you're going to not do for the next, you know, month or whatever to, and, and use that time to spend on this project, even if it's only 10 or 15 minutes a day. So you figure out what it is that's holding you back. You brainstorm solutions to that write them down, get a partner to help you think of, of what you're missing, and then start thinking about what the solutions might be. And then the next step is to spend 30 minutes outlining the project. So sit down with a pen and paper or however you want to do it. You can do a mind map, you can do a, an outline, however, however your mind works. But the basic gist of what you're going to do is you know, you've visualized up there, you've thought about, you know, this success and what it would look like. Now list every single step that needs to be undertaken to complete this project. Uh, so that's one step. List all the supplies and tools you'll need. Identify people who need to be involved or whose input you need. Start a list of questions that you need answered. Because a lot of times as we're facing a project, we, you know, going back to the things that hold us back, we're, we're not sure how to do it. We don't know what the steps are. So start that list of questions and identify who can help you with that. One article I read said, if you find yourself stalling, you may need to add classes, a trip to the library, or contacting an expert mentor to your plan. There's no shame in not knowing how to do something. There is shame in letting your dreams fade because you aren't willing to go out and learn how to make them real. So start that list of questions uh, that you need answered and then identify the resources. Where are you going to find those answers? Do you go to the library? Do you take a class? Is there a mentor that you can go to? Is there someone who has done what you want to do that you can, you know, buy coffee and, and, and talk to her or him about it. And then doing all of this, you've done all this, you've listed every step, you've listed the supplies and tools you've needed. You identified other people who need to be involved or whose input you need. 
maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's a coworker, you know, whatever. You've started that list of questions. Whenever you run up to something that, well, I'm not sure about this, or I don't know how to do that, or there's information I need that I don't have, write that down. So you're just starting a list of questions. You're identifying where you're going to find the answers to those questions. And then you identify what's the first step I'm going to take. What is the very first thing I need to do? And maybe it's to call that mentor. Maybe it's to gather your materials, you know, take a trip to a store that sells whatever it is you need, but identify what the first step is. And then so important, block out time on your calendar to do that first step, set aside time to work on your project, knowing that the first thing I'm going to do is this, and I'm going to do it on Thursday afternoon at two o'clock and write that down. And that is an appointment with yourself that is important. Then on the day you've decided to start, and each time you sit down to work on this project, if it's a multi-session thing, it's usually a project rather than a task. One thing that can get us going is to set a timer for the amount of time you've allocated. Say you've said, I've got 30 minutes today that I'm going to work on this thing. And you set a timer for 30 minutes and you know you can stop when that timer goes off and challenge yourself to see how much you can get done in that time you've allotted for that day. So often the question we ask ourselves is, how much time is this going to take? Sometimes it's better to turn that around and ask yourself, how much time am I going to allot to this today? And when that time is up, you stop and you move on to whatever the next thing is. When you're ready to work, make sure you clear your workspace, you turn off any distractions, and you really focus on what you're doing at the time. Another great thing to do when you actually sit down to work or, you know, preparing to work is to create a ritual to help signal to your brain that it's time to work on this particular project. In the article I mentioned earlier about getting started on personal projects, Madeline Dorr notes this, a recent study found that enacting rituals enhances feelings of self-discipline and improves behavioral self-control. And she says the rituals uh, from the studies can be very simple and even meaningless, but they'll still have that effect of triggering action. She said, um, creating somewhat meaningless rituals can provide the kickstart we need to create momentum for a project, writing out a to-do list before we sit down to do a project, lighting a candle to create a sensory cue, or doing what she calls a star jump. She's uh, from Europe, I think, uh, before setting to work. Rituals, she says, help create a sense of control, the very antidote to acrasia. So create that little ritual. There's, you know, maybe for me, I have a little ritual when I'm going to sit down on work, to work on certain projects that I'll get myself a cup of tea or a glass of water, depending on the time of year. And I'll sit down and I will uh, light a candle and for certain projects, I have a soundtrack of instrumental music that I'll listen to. And when I turn that music on, it's a signal to my brain that, oh, now we're doing this thing. And you can create that on purpose. And as I said, the studies are that it doesn't have to be some big meaningful ritual, just something you do every time that becomes 
a trigger for your brain. And finally, consider, as I mentioned earlier, finding an accountability partner, someone you can brainstorm with, who can help hold you accountable to small, consistent progress, and for whom you can return the favor. So uh, I know lots of people who are writing books who have a, a writing buddy, and they check in with each other, and they you know, how'd you do today? Did you meet your writing goal? Did you, or they'll call each other. I'm stuck on this plot point. Can you talk it through with me? If it's a business kind of thing, you're building a business. Maybe you want to find a business buddy who will hold you accountable to doing the things you say you need to do to build your business, to start your business, whatever it is. And you can do the same for her. I think that can be really, really helpful. Someone who, who will hold us accountable and encourage us and brainstorm with us. So those are some thoughts I had on this, uh, on this topic. I, hope they're helpful. I would love to know your thoughts. Do you have a project that you've been avoiding that you're ready to take action on now? How do you get yourself motivated to get started on that thing that you've put off forever? Uh, Share your thoughts, your ideas. There's lots of ways you can do that. You can post a little comment in the comment section of the show notes, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 312. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman's Facebook page. If you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, that's a really good place to continue this conversation and maybe to find someone who'd like to be an accountability partner with you, someone who, or someone who's willing to mentor you. Feel free to ask those questions. If you've got a project that you're, you know, kind of motivated now, you want to get started, but you you need some, some ideas or some brainstorming, throw a question in the group there. And I will bet you in that community, you're going to find someone who knows how to do what it is you want to do and can offer some great advice. If you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can always email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I'd love to hear from you. If I could ask a favor, I I don't do this too often anymore, but if you enjoy this podcast and you get some value out of it, I would really appreciate it if you would help spread the word. Tell a friend about the podcast, maybe share an episode that you particularly like. There are social sharing buttons um, on the page for every, every episode. And consider leaving a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. A lot of times people who are searching for a podcast to listen to may look at those reviews and get a good idea. I want to say a special thank you to a couple of people who've recently left some really nice five-star reviews of The Productive Woman in the um, Apple Podcasts. uh, Drea Happy I Joined from the United States recently said, I like that Laura touches on both work and home productivity. So many times we hear female podcasters focus just on home productivity and then the male podcast hosts just focus on work. This is a very good podcast for blending productivity for both areas of my life. And I appreciate that hearing that because that's what I'm trying to do here. I try to 
think of it kind of across the board because we women, you know, men to listen, but I, I'm talking mostly to women. It's called the productive woman here. And we have multifaceted lives, don't we? And it's not just one or the other for most of us. Parashakti L from Ireland said, worth every minute of listening, the content is relevant and quick to the point, productivity at its best. And so thank you for that. That is uh, very encouraging to hear. Uh, before we go, a quick word about our, our sponsor, Woven. Uh, time is the most valuable asset we have, but the tools we have to manage time don't always work for us very well. And it's easy to feel out of control with your calendar, uh, even when you are using it faithfully. And often we need, you know, one or two add-ons to have it do the things you need to do. Woven was created to build into the calendar all the things you need, syncing from one device to another, scheduling meetings with other people, even analytics, all in one place so you can own your schedule and make time for what matters most to you. So what Woven lets you do is sync all your Google and Microsoft calendar accounts in one place. You get powerful scheduling tools built in for free with personalized scheduling links, published office hours, even group polls, which can really save you time when you're trying to schedule those group Zoom calls, right? Instead of the emails back and forth trying to find the time that works for everything, Woven lets you send a scheduling link. Uh, it also allows you to rapidly time block your week and protect your time with smart templates. And you can get instant insights into how you're spending your time with built-in analytics. You know, we talked earlier about how when we feel like we don't have time to undertake these projects that are important to us, getting a real handle on what it is we're actually doing with our time can make a difference, and Woven can help you do that. It's very easy to get set up and get started. They even offer tutorials online to help you get the most of it. And you can try Woven today for free by going to woven.com slash podcast slash TPW to try it out. No charge. Give it a try and see how it can help you get your calendar back under control. Also, don't forget that special offer from ShaperMint that will save you an extra 10% on top of their already very good prices. Visit shapermint.com slash TPW and use my code TPW, that's ShaperMint, S-H-A-P-E-R-M-I-N-T, ShaperMint.com slash TPW, code TPW for The Productive Woman, to get the exclusive listener added discount of an extra 10% on your order. So check that out. Again, ShaperMint.com slash TPW and use that code TPW. And I will have links for both of these in the show notes in case you're listening and or while you're driving or something. I don't want you to try to write it down. But thank you very much to ShaperMint and Woven for supporting The Productive Woman. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, I am so grateful to you for spending this time with me. Hope you felt like it was worthwhile and you found something helpful. I look forward to hearing from you and to talking with you again very, very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other, please, and to yourself. And go make your life matter. Matter.